Hi there, folks, and welcome to Folksy, the podcast where we unearth gems of folk literature from the treasure trove of history. Speaking of history, most of the books we read from here at Folksy are really old, close to ancient even. And this means that in most cases, they are so rare that physical copies are becoming increasingly hard to come by. Which is why it's an amazing thing that resources like Gutenberg.org exist. The Gutenberg Project is a brilliantly conceived organization that digitizes old and out-of-print works that are in the public domain for the perusal of everyone and future generations. In fact, that is where I source most of my reading material these days. There is an amazing cache of excellent literature and more out there, and Gutenberg.org is a pretty incredible gateway to it. Moving on to our episode today, for which we will be reading from Viking Tales, collected by Jenny Hall and illustrated by Victor R. Lambden. You can view the illustrations along with the story on YouTube as always. As with most good folktale collections, this is also more of a spin than a pure translation. Whether that's a good thing or bad, well, let's find out together. The brilliant part about today's episode is that there's a neat little intro in this book. I'm not usually a fan of intros, especially in older fiction. I mean, they tend to be long-winded and more memoir than anything. But this? This is the one that should be used by striving authors as a template today. So, without further dilly-dallying, let us get to the story. Viking Tales by Jenny Hall What the Sagas Were Iceland is a little country far north in the cold sea. Men found it and went there to live more than a thousand years ago. During the warm season, they used to fish and make fish oil and hunt seabirds and gather feathers and tend to their sheep and make hay. But the winters were long and dark and cold. Men and women and children stayed in the house and carded and spun and wove and knit. A whole family sat for hours around the fire in the middle of the room. That fire gave the only light. Shadows flitted in the dark corners. Smoke curled along the high beams in the ceiling. The children sat on the dirt floor close by the fire. The grown people were on a long narrow bench that they had pulled up to the light and warmth. Everybody's hands were busy with wool. The work left their mind free to think and their lips to talk. What was there to talk about? The summer's fishing, the killing of a fox, a voyage to Norway? But the people grew tired of this little gossip. Fathers looked at their children and thought, they are not learning much. What will make them brave and wise? What will teach them to love their country and old Norway? Will not the stories of battles, of brave deeds, of mighty men do this? So, as the family worked in the red firelight, the father told of the kings of Norway, of long voyages to strange lands, of good fights. And in farmhouses all through Iceland, these old tales were told over and over, until everybody knew them and loved them. Some men could sing and play the harp. This made the stories all the more interesting. People called such men skalds, and they called their songs sagas. 
every midsummer there was a great meeting men from all over iceland came to it and made laws during the day there were rest times when no business was going on then some skald would take his harp and walk to a large stone or a knoll and stand on it and begin a song of some brave deed of an old norse hero at the first sound of the harp and the voice men came running from all directions crying out the skald the skald a saga they stood about for hours and listened they shouted applause when the skald was tired some other man would come up from the crowd and sing or tell a story as the skald stepped down from his high position some rich man would rush up to him and say come and spend next winter at my house our ears are thirsty for song so the best skalds traveled much and visited many people their songs made them welcome everywhere they were always honored with good seats at a feast they were given many rich gifts even the king of norway would sometimes send across the water to iceland saying to some famous skald come and visit me you shall not go away empty handed men say that the sweetest songs are in iceland i wish to hear them these tales were not written few men wrote or read in those days skalds learned songs from hearing them sung at last people began to write more easily then they said these stories are very precious we must write them down to save them from being forgotten after that many men in iceland spent their winters in writing books they wrote on sheepskin vellum we call it many of these old vellum books have been saved for hundreds of years and are now in museums in norway some leaves are lost some are torn all are yellow and crumpled but they are precious they tell us all that we know about the olden time there are the very words that the men of iceland wrote so long ago stories of kings and of battles and of ship sailing some of those old stories i have told in this book see i told you this was an awesome intro well moving on to part 1 in norway this short story is called the baby king halfdan lived in norway long ago one morning his queen said to him I had a strange dream last night. I thought that I stood in the grass before my bower. I pulled a thorn from my dress. As I held it in my fingers, it grew into a tall tree. The trunk was thick and red as blood, but the lower limbs were fair and green, and the highest ones were white. I thought that the branches of this great tree spread so far that they covered all Norway and even more. A strange dream, said King Halfdan. Dreams are the messengers of the gods. I wonder what they would tell us, and he stroked his beard and thought. Some time after that, a serving woman came into the feast hall where King Halfdan was. She carried a little white bundle in her arms. "My lord," she said, 
a little son is just born to you. Ha! cried the king. And he jumped up from the high seat and hastened forward until he stood before the woman. Show him to me, he shouted, and there was joy in his voice. The serving woman put down her bundle on the ground and turned back the cloth. There was a little naked baby. The king looked at it carefully. It is a goodly youngster, he said, and smiled. Bring Ivar and Thorstein. They were captains of the king's soldiers. Soon they came. Stand as witnesses, Haftan said. Then he lifted the baby in his arms while the old serving woman brought a silver bowl of water. The king dipped his hand into it and sprinkled the baby, saying, I own this baby for my son. He shall be called Harold. My naming gift to him is ten pounds of gold. Then the woman carried the baby back to the queen's room. My lord owns him for his son, she said. And no wonder, he is perfect in every limb. The queen looked at him and smiled and remembered her dream and thought, That great tree, can it be this little baby of mine? And so ends the first story. That was pretty short. So we're gonna read a second one. It's called The Tooth Thrall. When Harold was seven months ago, he cut his first tooth. Then his father said, All the young of my herds, lambs and calves and colts that have been born since this baby was born, I this day give to him. I also give to him this thrall Olaf. These are my tooth gifts to my son. The boy grew fast, for as soon as he could walk about, he was out of doors most of the time. He ran in the woods and climbed the hills and waded in the creek. He was much with his tooth thrall, for the king had said to Olaf, Be ever at his call. Now this Olaf was full of stories, and Harald liked to hear them. Come out to Aegir's rock, Olaf, and tell me stories, he said almost every day. So they started off across the hills. The man wore a long, loose coat of white wool, belted at the waist with a strap. He had on coarse shoes and leather leggings. Around his neck was an iron collar, welded together so that it could not come off. On it were strange marks called runes that said, Olaf, Thrall of Halfdan. But Harald's clothes were gay. A cape of grey velvet hung from his shoulders. It was fastened over his breast with great gold buckles. When it waved in the wind, a scarlet lining flashed out and the bottom of a little scarlet jacket showed. His feet and legs were covered with grey woolen tights. Gold lacings wound around his legs from his shoes to his knees. A band of gold held down his long yellow hair. It was a wild country that these two were walking over. They were climbing steep, rough hills. Some of them seemed made all of rock, with the little earth lying in spots. Great rocks hung out from them, with trees growing in their cracks. Some big pieces had broken off and rolled down the hill. Thor broke them, Olaf said. He rides through the sky and hurls his hammer at clouds and at mountains. 
that makes the thunder and the lightning and cracks the hills. His hammer never misses its aim, and it always comes back to his hand and is eager to go again. When they reached the top of the hill, they looked back. Far below was a soft green valley. In front of it, the sea came up into the land and made a fjord. On each side of the fjord, high walls of rock stood up and made the water black with shadow. All around the valley were high hills with dark pines on them. Far off were the mountains. In the valley were Halfdan's houses around their square yard. How little our houses look down there, Harald said. But I can almost, yes, I can see the red dragon on the roof of the feast hall. Do you remember when I climbed up and sat on his head, Olaf? He laughed and kicked his heels and ran on. At last, they came to Ager's rock and walked up on its flat top. Harald went to the edge and looked over. A ragged wall of rock reached down and 200 feet below was the black water of the fjord. Olaf watched him for a while. Then he said, No whitening of your cheek, Harald? Good. A boy that can face the fall of Aegir's rock will not be afraid to face the war flash when he is a man. Oh, I am not afraid of the war flash now, cried Harald. He threw back his cape and drew a little dagger from his belt. See, he cried, does this not flash like a sword? And I am not afraid. But after all, this is a baby thing. When I am eight years old, I will have a sword, a sharp tooth of war. He swung his dagger as though it were a long sword. Then he ran and sat on a rock by Olaf. Why is this Aegir's rock? He asked. You know that Asgard is up in the sky, Olaf said. It is a wonderful city where the golden houses of the gods are in the golden grove. A high wall runs around it. In the house of Odin, the Allfather, there is a great feast hall larger than the whole earth. Its name is Valhalla. It has 500 doors. The rafters are spears. The roof is thatched with shields. Armor lies on the benches. In the high seat sits Odin, a golden helmet on his head, a spear in his hand. Two wolves lie at his feet. At his right hand and his left sit all the gods and goddesses. And around the hall sit thousands and thousands of men, all the brave ones that have ever died. Now, it is good to be in Valhalla, for there is meat there better than men can brew, and it never runs out. And there are skulls that sing wonderful songs that men never heard. And before the doors of Valhalla is a great meadow where the warriors fight every day and get glorious and sweet wounds and give many. And all night they feast and their wounds heal. But none may go to Valhalla except warriors that have died bravely in battle. Men who die from sickness go with women and children and cowards to Niflheim. There Hela, who is queen, always sneers at them and a terrible cold takes hold of their bones, and they sit down and freeze. Years ago, Aegir was a great warrior. Aegir the Big-Handed, they called him. 
in many a battle his sword had sung and he had sent many warriors to valhalla many swords had bitten to his flesh and left marks there but never a one had struck him to death so his hair grew white and his arms thin there was peace in that country then and aegir sorrowed saying i am old battles are still must i die in bed like a woman shall i not see valhalla now thus did odin say long ago if a man is old and is come near death and cannot die in fight let him find death in some brave way and he shall feast with me in valhalla so one day aegir came to this rock a deed to win valhalla he cried then he drew his sword and flashed it over his head and held his shield high above him and leaped out into the air and died in the water of the fjord ho oh, cried harald jumping to his feet i think that odin stood up before his high seat and welcomed that man gladly when he walked through the door of valhalla so the songs say replied olaf for skalds still sing of that deed all over norway and that brings us to the end of today's tale or tale and a half as you'll no doubt have noticed we're sticking with a shorter episode length guide while i definitely enjoyed doing the longer length first episode and would like to do more at some point i mean it was wonderful but these shorter ones are just much more fun to cut my teeth on in these early days plus i'm waiting on that feedback from you guys to see what we should read next here on folksy so the subreddit is finally up and you can get there as well as all my social media on izersocial.odcmusic.com that's i z e r s o c i a l.odc well, you know what you're a smart bunch of people you'll figure it out <laughs> that's all we have for today's episode of folksy folks see you in the next one next saturday until then be well and love life <laughs>